It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Welcome to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. We are rolling from 2021 into 2022 here. Fingers crossed that for everybody involved, this is a little bit of a better year coming up, hopefully. Although, thankfully, good, you know, Lord was good to us, man. We had a good 2021, so I can't complain too, too much. But uh, hopefully, just in the general state of things, hoping for a great 2022 coming up here, buddy. Oh, it's, it's all about your perspective, how you yeah. look at it, right? So, mm-hmm. Daddy did an impromptu Wim Hof session this morning. Woke up to a broken hot water jet. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So sixteen hundred dollars later, it's fixed now. So looking forward to that. Um, you know, having a hot water again. But yeah, so uh, so there you go. Right, a little bit of uh, fitness involved with that too. But yeah. how was your Christmas? It was wonderful, man. I actually had a white Christmas. We flew up to Connecticut and had a brief Christmas with uh, my wife's parents, my in-laws. Uh, they are awesome, um, and they got a cute little cottage up on the lake in Connecticut. And so it snowed. It was great. Uh, I was only there for a few days, so I'm back home uh, working. But um, Kelsey's still up there, so I'm back. Mm-hmm batch learning it up this week you know which just means not cleaning up after myself until sunday and frantically doing it before she gets home <laughs> that's all that means I know, that's yeah. what I life for sure oh man but yeah how about you how is how the kids have a good time oh it's Christmas? great man they're so spoiled they got everything they wanted and, and it's, it's funny because leading up to it they're so they were so good so well behaved and now it's like the goddamn purge in my house man these kids got their gifts and they're just like going nuts again right so so you like four weeks of like just just good kids and now it's it's they're fun though man that's they're so just, so that's I, saw, I think i saw and anybody follows you on social media saw where you wrapped up an apple oh that's great man. dude the eyebrows she gave me I, that was, that was, oh, I've she seen handled this. it so well though I feel like I would have been pissed I, yeah I think I, I agree I think some kids would smash that out yeah she handled way. it very very like very well <laughs> but like like looking at that video like it's, it's the same looks my wife has given me over and over again yeah, so man, it's hilarious yep, it's that, hilarious it's, oh my god but yeah man now we're rolling into the new year yeah and, uh, uh, you and I are about to get ready for this uh, CrossFit competition coming up here? Yeah, famously cold with February? February, February 5th? 5th? Is yeah, that right? I think I need to really start getting after it a little bit. I think I'm still in that post-marathon you know, hangover. Are you, yeah, I was about to say, are you out of running mode right now? Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to run again until that day when we have to run 700 meters as part of an event. <laughs> I'm yeah, like, I'm done. Now. I'm no, no thank you. I still have like some PTSD yeah. around running right now. Yeah, no, it's it's so it's so good. Like, I, I think I'm, as long as I can, I'm going to keep signing up for these like once or twice a year. Just because, yeah. But I'll, it's good for me to have that finish line because otherwise I just get bored. I just get bored mm-hmm. with the train. Like I'm good for like two or three months. I'm like, yeah. I do something different. So it's nice having that yeah. pressure. And we got the whole squad doing it. Like every staff member, everybody, full time right? and PRN is doing it. Everybody, like, yeah. yeah. We're gonna have like, a yeah. is, this is we're awesome. gonna have a crew. Yeah. It's gonna be so great. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically so. sponsored. 
that conversation. Yeah, I mean, sure. this can be so much fun. Uh, cool. Yeah, fingers crossed. We uh, put up a decent mm-hmm. showing, man. You're training a lot harder than I am, so I feel like I'm gonna hold the team back. I gotta, I gotta work over this next month. Oh, that, dude, and, and I have put on some weight. I'm up to 190 right now. I can feel it in my face, man. I don't know if it's like Christmas it's goodies. And stuff. I'm still, I'm still. I'm still dude, it's, the, it's the BP. It's the, it's the peptides. Yeah, yeah it's and the peptides, bro. After this, see, I, you know, I guess it depends on what your personal code is. I don't really consider the the peptides PEDs. Some people would, and that's fine. But yeah. after this competition, I'm getting daddy's getting juicy. I'm getting on TRT. Yeah, I got sure. okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, right. go I'm gonna go straight to that doctor's office and. There you go. Officially, I'm not, I'm not going to go in there and say, hey, I'm tired, I'm getting old. I'm just going to say, hey, I just want to get on TRT, and I yep. think it will prescribe it to me. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things that's like, that's that's a big decision because once you start, there's no real stopping after that. Right, you know? it's, it's TRT yeah. for life, you yeah. know, you've got to donate I mean, We've done blood. episode on that, I believe. Yeah, right? we did, yeah, yeah. You know, Way probably, back in the day, that was probably two or three years ago. We yeah, it increased your hematocrit, so you got to donate blood, so you basically turn your blood into paint, all right, so you don't get a stroke. Mm-hmm. So thick blood. There's a, there's a lot that goes into it. I feel like uh, coffee has uh, done that to my blood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine's already probably thick yeah. too. Potentially, yeah, potentially. Um, that's the male birth control, right? So we're eighty yeah. percent sure we're not having any more kids. Eighty. So not going up. There's hundred percent. It's still like, yeah. get, did, yeah, man, interesting. So eighty uh, percent. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. so like, I feel like you want to maybe get a little closer yeah, to your hundred percent, And that'll be my new. I don't think there's a TRT physio out there yet. So TRT physio. I'm going to make that one official. I'm going to trade like that. There it is. You heard it here first. Let's copy it and start it. You heard. You stole it. So. Body tempering, more yeah. clips coming up. Yeah, yeah we're about to. We're trying to finalize dates and times. It's hard, man, because it's you know four of us, and we're trying to coordinate mm-hmm. schedules and locations and things. We know we're going to have one here in Columbia. Uh, we usually have two a year in Columbia, mm-hmm. um, and those kind of are are always going to happen, kind of things. They're both here at Vertex, thankfully, because Donnie's five minutes away, so we can go over to his place afterwards. Um, and the first one's going to be uh, April second, April second, Saturday. Uh, I believe that's yeah, Saturday, April second, right in that mm-hmm. time frame. Um, so we know that one's happening. Maybe sneaking one in before that, but most likely the the other four or five that we'll do will be after that. And we'll be back here in Columbia in the fall. Usually we try to coordinate with bye weeks for Carolina Clemson football. Mm-hmm. So we'll, uh, we, we, when we get the schedule, we'll look down, we'll sit it down, and, and make that one too. But then we'll we'll hit a few in between and maybe one yep. even after that uh, next December. That's been huge. It's been seeing cool. Uh, it's been cool seeing that taking off. Uh, you know, it's almost to the point where like body temperature has become the the new dry needling, meaning that mm-hmm. it's now expected whenever you go yeah, to a PT it, clinic that somebody knows how to do it. Yeah, it's point. it's fun, man. Um, thoroughly enjoying it. Um, getting to meet a bunch of people. Getting to go some cool places. Um, yes. You know, last year I went to Seattle, went to Texas twice, went to Iowa. You know, it's it's there's just a bunch of fun mm-hmm. stuff, man. Um, and so, you like all that traveling? Yeah, I, I, yes and no. Like I do, I do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. I wish I could like explore each city a little bit more because a lot of times it's in and out. But um, it, it is cool meeting a lot of people. And I know I got to get it out of my system now because once we go the kid route, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's it's going to be a lot of different. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that <laughs> so changes your world. off of yep. that, so it's going to be interesting for sure, man. Well, mm-hmm. um, so I guess we need to dive into this episode. We, yeah. we alluded to this when we did the the group episode. That was a good time. That was so much fun. But FAI, I realized we never really yeah. did a full episode. Uh-huh. on that and um, I really normally I try to take some notes do some bullet points but I didn't this go around no. so I figured we just we just Off wing it cup. we just wing it and uh, dive into it we, we got what 18, 19 minutes to talk mm-hmm. about it. So yeah. uh, maybe we can talk about what is FAI yeah. and the, the common, how that re- pertains to labral pathologies. Yeah. Those two usually come hand in hand. hand, hand and then, for sure. 
talk about what we, what we look at for a diagnostic and a treatment standpoint. Yeah. Maybe maybe conservative and post-op. And, for sure, for sure. And go from we there, alluded so. to some of that, too, on the episode, too. We defined it, you know, femoral acetabular impingement, um, which is kind of a catch-all term a little bit. You hear that impingement thrown around the shoulder, thrown around the hip, um, you know, things that kind of maybe include a few different things. But to, uh, essentially what we're talking about a lot of times is some, some bony changes, some bony abnormalities or, or th- developments over time uh, that can either be on the, the socket itself or on the head of the femur itself, too. So you have cam or pincer um, deformities. And so, um, which I don't usually like to use the word deformities when I'm talking about with, mm-hmm. with patients about to and all. It's like sometimes I just say there's a little bit of some bone has built up over time kind of thing. Uh, and when you're trying to remember that, you know, I think of it like pincers, like pinching and the capsule, or, or I'm sorry, the acetabulum kind of like pinches or grabs the head of the femur when you think of it ball and socket. So pincers more when it's on the acetabulum on the hip side. And then more of the, uh, the cam kind of lesion is more of the on the, the head of the femur side. And so you can have one or the other, or a lot of times it's a mix of both, uh, and you got a little bit built up here and there, and that leads to problems down the road a lot of times, and as you mentioned, uh, oftentimes hand-in-hand with some hip labrum pathologies, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, and I guess the way that works is, like you mentioned, if you got something going on with the ball and or socket, mm-hmm. it, it sort of creates this this false lever, in a way, that, that wasn't there before, and so when people do movements with their hip, either that bump or that bony deformity on the socket it essentially almost pries the, mm-hmm. the ball away from the socket and that's when some of the labor gets kind of peeled off with it like if you can imagine like a golf ball sitting on a golf tee and almost like a suction cup around the bottom that's yeah. kind of what the labor is and, and it'll sort of peel that off with it so a lot of times you'll get those things coupled and you know I, th- I think that there's also something to back up a little bit I just looked at this infographic uh, last week when I did that that wisdom mm-hmm. yeah. thing but it's also expected that 78% of the population has some bony changes like sure. this and, and, and don't even know it right these are asymptomatic people so yeah, just yeah. because you might have a coincidental finding or maybe even a pinch in your hip it yeah. might not be related to what's going on with this FBI it might not be a labral pathology if it is it doesn't mean you're not going to be able to recover from that for sure so. yeah and, and labrum repairs are are rough sometimes man like people can be still experiencing symptoms a year out mm-hmm. after the surgery and, and, and you know it's I actually just have believe it or not have have one that I just had in my case that actually had a cadaver labor you know is, is included in a repair um, which is interesting too and so the it, it's it, it's one of those things too that just I know we're biased and I'm gonna let that show through but I would love to get a shot at this conservatively almost every single time 100 out of 100 times to give it a shot because we do see some some improvement conservatively and, and try to avoid going to the knife because that is a rough it, I feel like it's a rough surgery um, and, and I don't feel like it's as, like some other surgery I feel like we've perfected really well a lot of times where you know most of the time like they have really good outcomes I, I, labor, hip labrums are rough sometimes yeah because because it's going to come with your non-weight bearing precautions yes. and, and limited range motions so because of that you're going to get atrophied you're going to get tight and so a lot of your recovery is recovered from that time period where you're going to mm-hmm. mobilize so you can let yep. that that tissue heal up more so scar up essentially is what it does and so, yeah, I guess we can maybe talk about what the, the presentation is like and yeah. kind of like our clusters a little bit. So Yeah, well, um, the C sign is a big C part sign. of it, too. Yeah, yeah. C so sign. So if you don't know what the C sign is, it, you know, essentially someone, when they're describing you know, where they're having symptoms, they're, they essentially have their hand in, in kind of like a C shape between their, their thumb and their index finger, and they're basically grabbing onto the side of their hip with more of their fingers kind of forward up towards, you know, like their, their the front side of their hip, the hip flexor region, and their thumb going towards the back and they're grabbing in that region and so you see that that c sign described a lot too um, but then there, there are other kind of things with that cluster
cluster too. So mm-hmm. you want to run through some of those too? Yeah. So then this is actually a cluster that I've, I got from Dr. Dumont, who is an orthopedic yeah, surgeon here in town, world renowned hip surgeon. Yeah, if you're getting the hip stuff done, that's where he's, you go. He's the guy. Yeah. So, so the C sign, a lot of times will come in because that's where they hurt. But also, mind you, things will wrap around into the front of the hip and the groin as well too, mm-hmm. because we're talking about bony changes, bony growths in a lot of ways. So it's space occupying in a way, right? So you're going to get a wide variety of symptoms there. If they come in with that, he's going to usually follow up with a log roll test, uh, mm-hmm. not technique, log roll test, which is where you lay on your back, you lay supine, legs out straight, and he just takes the entire leg and he just internally rotates it. So, like, if you're laying down right now and you have your toe pointed up at the ceiling, you just turn it inward, right, towards mm-hmm. the towards the midline. And and that that test, if, if, if it lights you up and reproduces your symptoms, then he is usually going to probably refer out for imaging at that point. Um, you can follow it up with the fader, the mm-hmm. flexion, adduction, internal rotation. That's... That test, it, I don't love it because it's almost like a Hawkins Kennedy for the yeah, hip. Yeah, it's, right? like, it's, it's not going to feel good on a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, like a, it's like a jiu-jitsu joint lock yeah, position. Yeah. So it's going to hurt if you do it hard enough on anybody. But it can still be a good test if you go side to side and get a comparison and maybe yeah. maybe see you know how sensitive the effect of side is compared to the other one. You're looking at if there are differences just in the pure hip internal rotation, for example, because a lot of times you will have deficits with that particular motion because right. people avoid it because it hurts yeah. to, do, to do it. Which also a lot of times ends up being what you try to restore to rehab as well right. too. Um, but those three are uh, usually if those are positive, those are going to be some some go tos to start with. And assuming yeah. that we're dealing with an FAI situation, of course, there's a lot of functional tests you could do. You know, looking at your hip scours, you're you know playing around with you know squat positions, and if you see something that changes with that, then yeah. you know we need to look at joints above and below the ankle, the knee, the lumbar spine, all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. But you know if we're just, if we're just kind of purely <laughs> zoning into the hip, that's a good place to start in my opinion. For sure. I mean, and then I guess the leading if we got, say we go through kind of our subjective and objective exam here, and we've kind of narrowed it down. We think, you know, this is what we are hypothesizing that's going on. I guess we need to probably get into what we think from a treatment perspective, you know, I guess the conservative option here. Um, then we could probably talk about a little bit from like uh, what a post-op looks like, but um, from more of a conservative option here, when I think of, you know, general hip impingement here where you know i don't have necessarily an image of it i don't know if it's a cam or a pincer or a combo or if there is a bony change or when i think it you know the uh, you know i'm thinking it's more of a quote hip impingement unquote uh situation i'm kind of looking in four there's kind of like i think of it in four ways or there's kind of like four areas most likely i'm gonna i'm gonna go after here um the first is I'm probably going to do some some work to the front of the hip a little bit. Soft tissue type work. A lot of times, this is again, we mentioned body tempering. A lot of times I'm doing body tempering to the front thing. That TFL a lot of times can get really, um, I want to say overactive, but uh, a lot of times the front side of that hip can be a really irritated. So I'm, I'm trying to calm that down a little bit. Usually more of soft tissue approach, uh, like rolling out or tempering kind of the front of that hip. Um, that's kind of number one for me. And then a lot of times I'm working on some, some uh, like some joint mode with that so for me you know uh, po- kind of a posterior glide is what I'm trying to, to create if I can but if you know if that's a little hot or a little bit difficult I might start with more some like inferior glide or some long axis work try to get just creating a little bit of space and also too every time I'm getting a little bit of distraction there I think of myself like I'm washing the inside of that joint around a little bit in terms of like you know getting some fluid moving so I'm hitting some uh, joint mobs probably inferior long axis and then really posterior if I can uh, so posterior glides um, and then after that you know we're, we're loading things. Uh, I'm trying to load the front of the hip a lot of times. I'm actually going to load the hip flexors, uh, that that group and that complex. Um, So that could be starting out with something like isometrics, where they're on their back, pressing their their knees into their hands, where we're trying to load it that way, um, uh, you know, to to manually kind of create an isometric there. Or I'm doing a psoas eccentric, where they're in that kind of Thomas test position and lowering down their 
their their affected leg down, so they're controlling the lowering um, into various so as march type things, into pit flexor hurdle. I mean, you can take there's a whole continuum here, uh, but I'm loading the hip flexor, I'm loading the front of the hip after I've done some work to calm it down, and then I'm getting that glute uh, as strong as we can, glute and lateral hip as strong as I can. So a lot of either maybe it might be more bridge work to start, it might be more you know things like that, some lateral band work or toe taps or other things to kind of get some lateral hip work, but I'm really going to try to get the glute and those deep glute muscles as strong as I can too. So I kind of, in my mind, I have like that routine in my head. I'm calming down the front of the hip. I'm mobbing this thing. I'm getting the hip flexor strong. I'm actually loading that itself. And then I'm focusing on the rest of the hip, that glute mm-hmm. and kind of the lateral hip. That's kind of, in my mind, what comes to me. Yeah, I mean, that's that's, that's a solid approach. Mine's, mine's very similar. I was taking some notes as you were as you were talking there. So like like a day one treatment session mm-hmm. for me, because usually I, I, these, are, these tend to be quicker evals for the most part. Um, yeah, yeah. Because you can do you just run through SFMA and, and usually clear lumbar right, spine right. and like that. But all right, so if I don't, I don't tend to needle this as often as I used to, mm-hmm. but sometimes if it is just like pinpoint, just right in that, that distal psoas attachment, I literally stick one needle right yeah, into that and right just twist it around it. a little bit. Leave it, on, it takes two minutes to do that. Uh, I, I do. This is one where I really like to pull out the the mulligan belt and do yeah, some yeah. mobilization. So I will. I use it the way I do this. Like my sequence is, I'll, I'll do like some long axis distraction, just yeah. talk, chat with a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, you know talk sports, Christmas, whatever. And then I'll have their knee flex, do some inferior glides, and then that's when I throw the belt on. And I'm usually just keeping like a sustained lateral glide and having them go through hip flexion. And usually like if you if you tested in range hip flexion and it pinches, when you add the lateral distraction to it, it feels better. Yeah. Same thing with internal rotation. Exactly. Like if they were lacking that, you add the distraction, it's gonna feel better. So that's a nice way to get by and say, like, okay, hey, we create a little space here, we do a little you know yeah, movement, it's gonna feel better, that kind yeah. of thing. And then that's as far as I go manually. That literally would take five, maybe ten yeah, minutes at the most to do process. that. Yeah, it's quick, quick bounce that. You know, maybe literally hitting five reps of each of those movements. Uh, from there, if we had success with the manual therapy, then I'm trying to figure out ways for them to replicate that. So I will have them do some hip internal rotation restoration stuff, like some 90-90 hip internal rotation ball, like some hip sleeper stretches. If that inferior glide mm-hmm. felt good, you can rig that up yeah, a few different ways with yeah, the band, yeah. right? You do it in quadruped. You can have them do it on their back. There's a lot of ways to figure it out. Add right. angles. To it, whatever they feel like they need. Yeah. Usually, depending on timeline, if this thing has been going on for a long time, starting to get into that like subacute chronic, the whole area is going to be hot, right? The whole hip's going to be right, hurt right. and it's going to get weak. So usually, I'm starting on the ground. So we might do some bridge work, isometric, bilateral, and or single. Mm-hmm. Some psoas marches, which you mentioned, like some banded psoas work. Yeah, yeah. That like loading up. that front side of the hip. Yeah. I'll usually get them up on their feet. Some lateral hip stuff. So I'd like to think about training the lateral hip more in a, in a tonic versus a phasic manner. So lateral toe taps, suit case work some single yeah. leg balance with some perturbation like weight passes rnt stuff whatever it might be and then like if they again to create some change and get some further buy-in we should play around with their squat so we might mm-hmm. play around with their squat widths. that's kind of one of those things where you sort of assess as you go yeah. assess as you treat then we if, if the squat is a provocative movement then we may start with something more knee dominant the extreme with that is a cyclist squat but usually yeah. a goblet or front squat is going to be fine with that and then as time goes along you can work your way to something more hip dominant and i think the, the extreme end of that would be more of a low bar back squat. Most of my people do high bar back yeah. squat, but you know, occasionally we get those low bar people yeah. in here. And then also other training modifications, for example, if they're if they're an Olympic lifter, 
you may want to temporarily have them catch in the power yeah, yeah. position. Yeah, yeah. Right. Time or, or, or pull from the hang if they can't pull from the floor temporarily yeah. and then work your way down. So that's kind of what day one looks like for me. And, and a lot of times that's enough to, to make like a, at least a 50% reduction. And then from there, that's when we start to get a little more like sports specific. Yeah, exactly. Then we got the, the goal is wherever they are on those, a lot of those are kind of continuums in terms of how sensitive they are to deep hip flexion, um, you know, and, or how, you know, if, if that affects their ability to pull from the floor or not. And, and so you're, you're kind of figuring out where along those continuums that person is. So they might be, you know, I might still be able to squat, as you mentioned, with a different variation that shifts it to more deep dominant, gets them upright, it gets a more of an open hip angle as they get down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're, you're just slowly progressing that each week towards their desired position, which might be more of a back squat type position. Mm-hmm. The same thing for the Olympic lifts. It's that you might limit those ranges of motion, but the goal is, of course, to progress them week by week as we go down. Um, and then in those other things, like I'm, I'm just going to, over time, you can load the hip flexor in so many different ways. I'll progress that a little bit more from maybe some light banded work into like uh, some more, you know, what look a little bit more like uh, kind of closed chain type positions, I guess, where they're more on, say, like in a front relating rest and have a band around their foot and a slider and I'm having them pull through in that way where they have a little bit of weight going through it or um, almost like a body saw position where they're there have like a long lever isometric hold against the uh, the, the a ring or a TRX and I'm moving in and out of it. And then I actually have them maybe do tucks from that position. You're just finding creative ways to increase the loading through there. Um, and, and so I'll, I'll, I'll work through that um, and, and all while continuing to find maybe um, heavier or stronger or, or more difficult bridge variations, maybe even the hip thrusts or things if I need to. If I can't load them up as heavy in a squat, um, you know, then I can find other ways to continue to, to load that too. Um, and, and then you just progress them slowly back mm-hmm. week by week. Um, and, and a lot of times if they're diligent with their self-manual work as like almost a warm-up or prep in a way to almost unlock a little bit more motion there, um, I might even teach them to do a little soft tissue work on the front themselves with maybe the end of a barbell or something onto it, roll over it. Mm-hmm. Um, it it, you can make a ton of progress here, um, yep. and I think people, um, you know, can if they if they stay diligent with that. Um, I think they can do really well for sure. And then and then just along those lines, th- thinking outside of like the weightlifting world, more so with your 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 athletes, multi-directional yeah, yeah. athletes, stop mm-hmm. and start and things like that. A lot of times towards the end, and I always use wrestlers as an example because yeah. you because you get into such weird positions, for defending sure. takedowns and moves. I guess jujitsu would fall in this category too. But I will actually intentionally have them work into the position yeah. that crunches down on that hip joint so mm-hmm. put them into some flexion and hip internal rotation like for example like internal rotation bridges mm-hmm. your curtsy positions curtsy lunges things like that and work on trying to gradually restore that desensitize that and a lot of times that's a that's a nice way that you can almost kind of overload that so that mm-hmm. occasionally when they do have to get in those positions for a sport they're going to be fine they're not going to be thinking about yeah. they're not going to be feeling that pinch anymore because you've you've loaded it you desensitized it so just a lot of multi-directional stuff and of course you can you can plug that into the actual athletic activity whatever that might be or, or whatever you can get closest to that. So, anyways, I guess this ended up turning into more like a conservative treatment episode. Yeah, but, I know, but I know. Surgical. I mean, sur- honestly, it's it's easy. Surgical just it's just slower, right? Because you're going to be yeah. you're going to be weight bearing and weight bearing, but you're also limited in, in a lot of times range of motion. You're not going to necessarily mm-hmm. be going past ninety degrees of flexion for a while. Um, probably little to no rotation at the initially right. too, and that after that labor repair, and then it is a very slow moving progression. There. I mean, if you're thinking about like timeline, I know a lot of times when I've had these, you know, it's you know. 
might not be running until you know four months, if not you know maybe even longer. It just depends on what you know what all they had to do, and so that can be a really long, long process. And, and as I mentioned, a lot of times people still sometimes have some symptoms after yep. that. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you know, I fail conservative care first. If you if you have, yep. yeah, that's that's my my reward. You know, and I'll say too that I've had people that have come in that have like super sensitive, irritable hip pathology like this, even to the point where like it's catching and, and crunching in some yeah, cases yeah. and they did fine like mm-hmm. they they returned to like deep yeah. squats olympic lifts things like that and and i would have thought this is a person that might not do well with physical sure. therapy so give it a shot and i've had the opposite hold true people that i thought had a minor case for one reason or another whether it was like the surgeon slapping a label on them ahead of time that kind yeah, of thing yeah, or maybe sure. they just did not respond well to therapy yeah um, get the surgery that kind of thing but but nonetheless uh it's it's a it's a fun i think it's a fun condition yeah. to treat in a lot of ways just oh, because love, you get so creative it. with it and yeah and sports specific and even the surgeries you're seeing them for a long period of time it's kind of like your acls you're going to bond with yeah, it. you get exactly. to know these people really well for months and uh and, and it can be very rewarding for sure and i think too this is where like if you are a pt trying to get ahead of this or get some of these people on your caseload if you can get to them before they get imaging done, because as you mentioned, all of us, almost every one of us is going to have something that doesn't look right on the image anyway. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, you get labels thrown on there. It's like you've got, you know, bone on bone, bone, you know, whatever they want to call it, whatever they're going to say. And, and it's hard sometimes to, to overcome that narrative mm-hmm. a little bit. And so if you can get like this is where you get connections with your local coaches with your mm-hmm. local thing and basically like, hey man you know if, if people have any kind of hip stuff going on like I love the hip I, I, mm-hmm. we, a lot of times we get hips better I know you're seeing it and if they have an athlete that's hurting while they're squatting and they can catch them like hey you need to go here first a lot of times we can avoid this cycle mm-hmm. over time for so, sure um, absolutely yeah connect with your, your coaches is all yep. I gotta say cross mm-hmm. the gym sport coaches whatever it is 100% yeah and if you if you do need to see an ortho Dr. Dumont highly recommend we oh, talked sure. talk about the last guy episode right here. That's who I yeah, yeah that uh, that Q and A episode, we talked a little bit about how he approaches his surgery. So I'd go in and listen to that because his his may or may not be different than his colleagues, but I know right, he right. does really good work, and a lot of it is because he takes his time and doesn't rush. Sure, it, doesn't I mean, and, and we see the good and bad, of yeah. course. And so when we get like when I get a Dumont hip, like I have a good, I have like already a good feeling about how it's going to end up before they even walk. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah. When you get a Dumont, yeah. you had the expectation this person will get it's back to one hundred percent full yeah. speed. I mean, I had, I had right one that just ran the ran, ran the marathon that had it maybe six months ago. Or yeah. I don't remember the exact timeline. I just discharged PT now, but yeah. Crush it. So, I mean, yeah, I had one that won a world championship recently. Boom. Too. Yeah, there so, you go. There go. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool, so. cool. Awesome. Well, um, if you hadn't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, hit that like button. Uh, yeah, there's that there's that PayPal, that PayPal link at the bottom right. All proceeds, 100% of the proceeds go to our bank accounts. Yeah, exactly. buy whatever you want to buy. Yeah, so. no, all transparent here. <laughs> that right. goes right to us. <laughs> it's just a better, faster podcast. We're out. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.